Hello and welcome to the Food to Freedom podcast. The aim of this podcast is to help you improve your relationship with food, eating and your body so you can live a healthy, happy and thriving life. If you enjoyed the podcast, then share it with the world. And if you want some support with your food and body freedom journey, then find more details in the show notes. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. It's a very special one. Uh, I have James here with me. And for anyone who doesn't know, James is my boyfriend. So, hey James, welcome to the Food to Freedom podcast. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Very good. <laughs> it's a bank holiday here today in Valencia. So, um, yeah, we're using some time to record, actually re-record this episode. We did one and then we thought, oh my God, there's so much more that we could say. So here we are again. Um, anyway, the reason I wanted to do this episode was we've been together for a long time, almost 10 years now, and um, you've been a part of my, um, I guess, journey in terms of improving my relationship with food and working on my body image and you've seen different stages of that journey um and the other day when we were driving home from our little trip to Cuenca I had this thought and it was basically how different things are now or basically how much easier it is to plan things to go on trips or holidays um, or even to just eat out and have our date nights. Um, these things are now much easier compared to, let's say, seven or eight years ago mm -hmm. um, or even more recently um, when we were already living here in Valencia and I had this, oh, I want to have a six-pack phase. Um, So I guess the purpose of this episode is to talk a little bit about how dysfunctional eating habits and a poor body image is about so much more than just your eating habits or just about the foods you eat um, or the foods you don't eat. Um, it affects your relationships and how you show up for the people around you and It can affect your work and all aspects of your of your life, really. And without a doubt, my unhealthy relationship with food and my negative body image affected our relationship. Um, although at the time, I was so focused on what I wanted to achieve that I didn't notice or probably I didn't want to notice what... Mm, what was going on or that it was having a negative consequences for our relationship. Anyway, I have my memories of that time, uh, but do you maybe want to talk about some of yours? Yeah, sure. So <clears throat> when, I guess this whole journey sort of started when we were living in the UK, right? And yeah. that's when you started your your journey of having to you know, lose a lot of weight um, and doing it in a way that was most likely not the best uh, because you went from, you know, having uh, the strategy of trying to, to lose weight very quickly uh, and lose a lot of it uh, mm. in a, let's say, short amount of time. And 
what that meant, not, I guess, not only for you, but for me was that a lot of the the meals or the food and things that we would normally have, right? Because someone like myself, I, I really enjoy cooking and I, I enjoy cooking without having to limit myself to certain things. Yeah. Um, and because of that, you know, we ended up having to have different meals. Um, I have a very vivid memory of when I ended up having to weigh uh, lettuce um, for for you, which, you know, if you think about it now, and obviously when you um, take into account everything that you've learned uh, since then, it seems a bit crazy to think that you would have to weigh lettuce uh, to sort of match with your, with your sort of calorie counting and, and these type of things back then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't think that these were necessarily negative memories, but more um, experiences that help sort of shape the the foundation of what we, you know, where we are right now. Yeah, for sure. I, these are some of my memories as well. Um, this was my obsession with my fitness pal and someone like me with perfectionist tendencies that meant being very strict on hitting those exact calories and yes that meant crazily weighing lettuce but maybe even more importantly what that did for our relationship like you said for you cooking um i think that's if that was a love language that would be yours um making meals for others and taking care of others in that way Mm. that's huge for you um it's always been since we first met and during that time that kind of it was completely out of the picture yeah for sure um it became something more as like a chore uh something that I just had to do because obviously we had to eat <laughs> um and it just really wasn't enjoyable anymore for me at least so um I think I don't I, I don't remember exactly how that um situation was was back then but I think at some point you know we sort of just made our own food mm-hmm. and and that was it right the you know I I vaguely remember times where all you would eat was like a handful of nuts and that was your breakfast and lunch mm-hmm. <laughs> and then dinner was even more restrictive um and yeah it just wasn't I mean it it was not a very fun experience i imagine for you but at the same time for for myself yeah i i it's difficult for me to remember what the emotions were back then but i think it was not let's say a pleasant experience simply because it really restricted the stuff that we could do um not only as as a couple but also as um with with friends and you know going to a pub on a friday uh for for drinks and then maybe having something to eat was simply out of the question um for at least for you yeah yeah for sure um i also remember that being a huge limitation um and the restaurants were one thing but even just at home at some point i remember you basically said you know it's fine that you want to do this but I don't enjoy cooking like this, so let's just make two separate dinners. Mm. And looking back at that now, it's really sad because (laughs) for a couple, 
you know, your days are usually busy, so you go to work, you don't have time to reconnect or whatever, so you come home, and then this experience of preparing dinner, chatting about your day, and then sitting down to have a nice meal together and to kind of book that time just for the two of us. Um, my obsession at the time took that away completely. And I think, yeah, going out to eat with friends or even just the two of us, it did happen uh, from time to time, but not without planning. Mm. And it was always, if I remember correctly, it was always me choosing the restaurant and then checking the menu ahead of the time, already choosing what I was going to order, inputting everything into my fitness pal. And yeah, looking back at that, it's just... um. It's a shame. Yes, it is part of the journey and it's the reason why I am where I am. Um, but it's sad to think about all the moments that I kind of missed because of it. Yeah. I mean, also here in Valencia, before even your um, your I want to get abs phase, <laughs> um, there's been quite a few phases through throughout the relationship as we were living here, whether it was you know, being uh, a zero waste phase or a going on a, a vegan vegan phase and, and these type of things. Um, each of these phases, we always, there was always sort of like an, an intended goal in mind. But, you know, every opportunity <clears throat> that we had to, to try something out, um, you know, even if we don't, keep on with it afterwards um i think we learned something really important within each of these phases right so starting if we say with with uh, your your phase in in the uk with this whole weight loss process mm-hmm. um to where you are now you know there's a lot of things that we um learned from each of these moments and we sort of kept the the good parts let's say and we've used that to kind of strengthen um not only let's say the life that we live now but also the the relationship that we have yeah for sure i think um a huge part in that is your patience i don't know anyone that has as much patience <laughs> as you do and your support that you always that you've always given me throughout all these all those phases um when i suppose it was affecting you negatively and the relationship that um we had at the time but there was yes you might have said oh you know i'm not going to be making dinners anymore um but because it was affecting you and what you wanted to do so much but there was i always felt um that you had unlimited patience for everything that I was trying to figure out um, in terms of my relationship with food. Yeah, patience is, is definitely a part of it. Um, but yeah, I think for, for myself, I will tend to draw a line somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where I feel if it gets just too much uh, for myself, where it starts to really impact the way that I want to to live, um, I'll definitely say that, and then we'll sort of have a conversation about it and see uh, what we can do to 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 fix that. Um, you know, I remember very vividly one of the phases that we went through was the zero zero waste 
phase where basically we try to limit any sort of waste that was produced. Um, you know, it started very casually with, you know, buying uh, cotton bags to put your fruit and vegetables in. That was fine. Um, you know, using uh, soap instead of shower gel that was, you know, bought from a sustainable place that mm -hmm. had very minimal packaging and these other things. But it came to a point where we ended up having to use, you know, toothpaste that was solid. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know if you have ever used toothpaste that is solid, but it's not a very fun experience, <laughs> right? If you imagine toothpaste being like a bar of soap and you have to sort of take your toothbrush and rub your toothbrush on this piece of soap so you get enough toothpaste on it and then brush your teeth with that. That was the moment where I said, okay, no. <laughs> This is this is too much, right? And I think the point of that was basically, you know, there are limits <laughs> to to my patients, and although there is a lot, um, it only goes so far. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, that's true. I guess, yeah, the, the toothpaste I do remember, and maybe because you usually you're someone who doesn't mind spending time at home, just the two of us, and kind of. Um. Yeah, we. This is something that's important to do. So maybe some of the things that I was doing um limited m the way I essentially wanted to live life more than they limited you. Do you think? Yeah, for sure. A, l a lot of the things that you were sort of experimenting going through didn't necessarily impact me directly mm -hmm. right so um in the the whole process of losing weight and wanting abs and these type of things um the abs phase let's say was i think less impactful uh to myself than it actually was when when you started the whole weight loss journey back in the uk mm -hmm. right because in the uk it was very much a matter of tracking everything and weighing everything and limiting at least for myself what i could do but with the you know the ab phase if you want to call it that is there was nothing that you were restricting yourself in terms of what you ate but you were restricting yourself in terms of how much you ate, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was more about um, eating less and sort of losing the weight so that you get more definition, etc. So I don't remember that that part of, you know, that your, your journey affected me that much. Mm. Um, and certainly if I wanted to go out and, you know, have a good time and go to a restaurant, that was okay. Um, but yeah, I don't feel that it affected me that that much that's really interesting um because i feel for me that the ab phase was maybe it's just because it's more recent um but i feel like that was so horrible i mean i didn't really have any energy all my energy was spent well it was <laughs> sleeping going to the gym going for my walks eating that was it and at the time, our social life was pretty much paused as much, I think so, but more or less, I don't know. Yeah, it, it was, it, we didn't do as much no. as we did, uh, as we do now, um, in terms of socializing. But yeah, it was kind of a, a period of time where I was doing a lot of things by myself, 
um with with the friends that that we have now obviously um but yeah it it yeah i don't know it it was very i i suppose because it was a shorter period of time mm-hmm. compared to the the beginning journey in the uk of the weight loss right because i think within a matter of four months or something like that that was your goal right so from up until august for the summer you wanted to be ab ready mm-hmm. let's say and um there was a clear goal in mind so i kind of i suppose i knew that that was the the point of where you'd sort of be done with uh with this phase and yeah. then we see what happens afterwards yeah um i think the ab phase for me it was difficult because i knew like you said there was a time limit to it um but it was difficult because i knew that what i was doing wasn't healthy and i remember having conversations with people clearly telling them i know what i'm doing isn't healthy but i want it mm-hmm. i want to show to myself that i can have abs and i lost my period i i just like, lost all the the energy again yeah um so i think that's why it made it so difficult but you're right it was shorter in compared to my um my fitness pal obsession and then even just obsession with my regular habits um that i created and after i was done with that app phase it then went back to not necessarily normal because I I think I was still quite restrictive in terms of um, my usual habits and I wasn't very flexible, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't as crazy as during that app phase where I remember we'd have a barbecue at home, we invited people and when we were preparing the food, I would weigh my portions input everything onto my fitness pal and then that was set up on a separate plate from everyone else's so that you could make that just for me and I could still have that control. Yeah. Um, I guess if we look back at those phases, if you haven't mentioned it uh, yet, what was maybe the most difficult for you? Is it what you were saying about your cooking? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the cooking part, whenever it involved the the two of us, but I guess also now that you mention it, the the social events that we, um, that we had to sort of attend together, uh, made it a bit tricky because you know it was very dependent on I guess what was available at the restaurant or the type of social setting where you're going to be you know, either drinking or, you know, having little snacks here and there. And obviously, um, unless we, we host the people here, which is what we do quite often, if we went to someone else's house, it would mean that you're sort of either going to eat beforehand mm-hmm. and then your time there would just be spent, you know, having um something to drink or like the very the least amount of calories in terms of of drink or or food um and it yeah it didn't really necessarily impact me personally but you kind of could tell that 
because of that, there was some, I guess, a factor of not really being present or engaging in the entire conversation or the time, the, the, the experience or, or the moment, right? Because yeah. um, you're sort of in the back of your mind, always trying to figure out, okay, if can I eat this? If I do eat it, I need to walk another 5,000 steps tomorrow and these type of things. And um, you could kind of tell uh, in, in these situations where you kind of were on, let's say, a diet, but restricting yourself in a way that you, you could still be social um and not sort of uh impact your your process this is such an important part i'm so glad you said that because i definitely during those times i wasn't present and it's exactly like what you were describing it completely consumed my thoughts the food and eating took over everything and I'd be calculating things in my head um, or I'd be starving so I wouldn't necessarily be able to even focus on the conversation or anything like that so you're completely right in that Um, and another thing that I thought of was um, you know our trips with friends or uh, I think that was during the pandemic when we would um, go to Airbnbs mm. um, with our friends. And I remember the anxiety that brought, um, like when we were planning for it, I still wanted to have that control of, okay, we're going to buy these, these and these foods so I can make sure that even when we're not at home, I keep a tight control over what I'm eating and yeah. over my body. Um and that's part of it. That's part of why when I was, when you were driving back home from Cuenca, I was like, this is completely new. There was no pre-planning or like what, nothing mm-hmm. was involved. We decided to go maybe a couple of days before we yeah. actually went. We booked the hotel. There was no like cooking. You know, sometimes when we went somewhere, I'd pre-cook things to take with me mm-hmm. or I would cut up veggies to have on the plane or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's the intent behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the action itself, you know, if you want to have some snacks, of course, why not? But it was the intent behind it and it was to clearly control every single aspect. Um, so when that's the case, it's very difficult to take these little weekend trips or even holidays as something relaxing. Um, yeah, especially if, if those trips involve other people as well, mm-hmm. right? Because if it's just the two of us, fair enough, right? We can sort of plan and you can prepare things in advance uh, as, as you want. But when it comes to going away on the weekend with, with friends and, you know, we're all going to be together um, cooking and spending time with each other, that gets a bit more tricky. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess I wanted to ask you, when do you feel that, or when do you think you noticed the biggest shift in how, in my relationship with food and also in my body image? Okay. So I think I noticed the biggest change was when you started working with with Shannon, mm-hmm. um, because that 
as I'm assuming, uh, allowed you to think about, you know, food from a different perspective in the sense that it's not something that's going to, that should be controlling you, mm-hmm. right? It, um, and since then, we've been able to do a lot of things that we don't normally do, um, which is at the beginning was a bit of adjustment for me because I was always used to doing, I got so used to doing things either by myself with our friends or, you know, either not doing them at all. Um, but now, you know, we could easily go for uh, a drink or something to eat uh, after after work on during the week or on the weekend, we can randomly spontaneously decide to go um, and go get brunch, for mm-hmm. example, and these type of things. So definitely, I think when you started working with Shannon was probably the biggest um, change. Yeah, I I completely agree with that um for any, for everyone listening uh shannon uh, it's shannon beer uh she is a health and confidence coach and she's amazing so i'll um, leave her details in the episode notes so you can check her out um and the biggest part that we worked on with shannon was my body image that was really important um because i realized that changing my body wasn't bringing me what I thought it would bring me when I was working with the previous coach during my ab phase. Um, I mean, I got to kind of having abs, but I was really at my leanest and I wasn't happy and I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. So body image work was a huge part uh, that we worked on with Shannon, and then the second one that I think perhaps was even i mean it's very linked, but it was maybe even more important than it was um identifying my values, like I was saying, you can be so consumed in your goal and in your obsessions that the rest of the things in your life don't seem that significant anymore. I mean, I would guess, and this is obviously just a guess that if we ask 100 people what's the most important for them in their lives a very big percentage of them would say their relationships like relationship with their partner families friends but somewhere between the negative body image and an unhealthy relationship with food and exercise you might forget that And like what I was saying and what you mentioned, being present, when food and thoughts about your body take so much of your time, it's pretty difficult to focus on other areas of your life. And I remember constantly thinking about my meals or my workouts, and there were countless occasions where I didn't join social plans because I needed to get my sleep so that I could go to the gym the following morning. I even remember not going to Slovenia to visit my family as often because I didn't want to risk not being able to go to the gym or follow my strict eating habits. So the biggest thing here was identifying my values, I think. And once I was clear on what my core values were, and how I wanted to live my life, this entire thing changed. So I set goals for myself that were in line with those values. And 
I want to say here, that doesn't mean that I just stopped caring about my health and about my nutrition or my exercise, but it became a much smaller part of my life. And I became flexible enough so that I could prioritize other things that are also important for me. And yes, one of the most important things for me are my close relationships. But at the time when I was obsessed with getting abs or my fitness pal, my actions weren't reflecting that. So when you take the time to look at your values, see how you want to live your life, um, then you might see some discrepancies between that and the things that you are actually doing. So closing that gap um, is something that helps you live a fulfilling life, which is, I think I can say now in the past, probably three years, maybe something like that, maybe a, a bit more, I feel like my life has become so much more purposeful because it it's not consumed by the thoughts about food and um, it's not consumed by constantly wanting to change my body and thinking that that's what's the missing part um, to confidence or to my happiness. Um, very good. I guess um, this, I think this is probably um, leading us nicely to close this off and maybe just one last thing, one last question for you. Um, is there any advice that you would give to someone who is in a similar situation in that perhaps they have a family member or a partner who has a negative relationship with food and their body and that they feel it is affecting the, their relationships? So I think you could probably summarize it into sort of three main um, areas, right? Um, I'd say for, for me, it would definitely be patience, mm-hmm. communication, and support um it might sound sort of obvious uh if if you think about it but i think in practice it's definitely a lot more difficult um than just saying that that's what you need to focus on so um obviously i i have a lot of patience for for a lot of things for people and and relationships etc but um there are moments where things maybe get a bit too much and you know it just becomes a bit too overwhelming for for you um especially if your you or your partner are trying to go through some sort of change and like a phase um, and that's where you know having that communication uh is really key because you're not a if you don't communicate <laughs> then it's quite um almost like a one-way relationship and you just yeah it sort of does more damage than it uh, would help um the, the situation as well um yeah overall support you know i think we we are very fortunate um in our relationship and what we you know how how we live to be able to support each other uh in all aspects um of things that that we would like to do so um and that's, i'm not sort of saying that that's going to be easy to do or you know we would take it for granted but 
is definitely something that helped uh, both sides, mm-hmm. not only um, for not only you, but also myself, if I ever wanted to do anything um, new or new phase. Um, I don't know to what extent that would impact you, but <laughs> let's assume that, uh, you know, these three elements would, would play a big factor uh, in that. Yeah, I like that. Um, and I think from my side, if you're someone who's going through the journey of improving your relationship with food, or if you're not quite there yet, you just know that perhaps your relationship with food and your body is affecting your life negatively. Um, I'd say try to look at your values. I think that's really powerful. And take that time to check in whether your actions are reflecting how you want to live your life. Um, And if your relationships are important to you, but at the moment your actions are not in line with that, then just ask yourself, what's one thing that I can do this week to show my partner that I care about them? Um, And yeah, as always, if you need any support with that, then all the details will be in the episode notes. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to say? No, all good. That's it. <laughs> Very good. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope it was helpful to everyone listening. As always, let us know if you have any questions, if you have any opinions, if maybe you went through something similar and want to share your journey with us. That would be great to hear. And apart from that, if you are thinking about one-to-one coaching and want some support the details are in the episode notes otherwise i hope well we hope (laughs) that you have a great rest of your day and take care thank you very much james for joining me thank you for having me um and yeah i will catch you in the next episode bye everyone I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think someone else might benefit from it, then please share it with them. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you at the next one.